Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Today's Monday, August 19th, 2019. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, the cop who killed Eric Garner, fired, out of a job. He is now saying he will sue the NYPD. Of course, the police union, they're not happy. Isn't it amazing how they will defend any cop doing anything, even though he used an illegal chokehold that killed Eric Garner? We'll show you the announcement of his firing. Also, is Newark the next Flint? There are lots of lead in their water. We'll talk to folks there and hear from them. Uh, And it is a troubling, troubling issue. Also, folks, uh, this is the 400th commemoration of the first 29 Africans arriving in the United States. The New York Times launches a project called the 1619 Project. Lord, white conservatives are losing their damn mind. They literally say, this is not American history. Ah, It actually is. We'll talk with uh, the woman who is the leader of that particular project. Also, Steph Steph Curry was in D.C. today launching a golf program at Howard University. We'll take you there, show you what took place as well, and, of course, uh, show you the young man 
who actually was the one who encouraged Steph eight months ago to make this thing possible. In Charlotte, the, the black mayor there and other black political leaders received racist emails from the same unidentified sender, and they read it from the rostrum. Also, no charges will be brought against the two white cops who led a black man around with a rope in Galveston, Texas. And the AKAs, they honor Toni Morrison on the campus of Howard University, where she pledged and was dean of pledges, will show you uh, that memorial. It's time to bring the funk on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop of fat. He's right on time and it's rolling. Putting it down from sports to news to pop. Just for kicks, he's rolling. Danielle Pantaleo, the New York City police officer seen on video using a chokehold during Eric Garner's deadly arrest five years ago, fired today by the New York Police Department Commissioner. Conference. Here's what he had to say. When the second officer observed Mr. Garner hand out cigarettes in exchange for money, they approached Mr. Garner to make an arrest. That offense could have resulted in a summons, but Mr. Garner refused to provide identification, which meant would have been brought to the precinct for processing. For several minutes on that widely viewed video, Mr. Garner makes it abundantly clear that he will not go willingly with the police officers. He refused to cooperate with the arrest and to comply with lawful orders. The video also makes clear that Officer Pantaleo's original efforts to take Mr. Garner into custody were appropriate and that he initially attempted two maneuvers sanctioned by the police department. Every time I watch that video, I say to myself, as probably all of you do, to Mr. Garner, don't do it. Comply. To Officer Pantaleo, don't do it. And therefore, one of the greatest, the great challenges of the police profession here in New York City and elsewhere will always remain arresting someone who intends to resist that arrest. Communication and de-escalation techniques are employed where possible, but more often than the police and the public alike would prefer Varying levels of force are used to ensure compliance. Society gives our police the legal authority to use acceptable levels of force when necessary because police cannot otherwise do their job. It is unlikely that Mr. Garner thought he was in such poor health that a brief struggle with the police would cause his death. He should have decided against resisting arrest, but a man with family lost his life, and that is an irreversible tragedy. In this case, the unintended consequence of Mr. Garner's death must have a consequence of its own. Therefore, I agree with the Deputy Commissioner of Trials legal findings and recommendations. It is clear that Daniel Pantaleo can no longer effectively serve as a New York City police officer. Uh, and of course, the patrol union, the, uh, the police officers union, they were not happy at, at all with that. Of course, uh, blasting the commissioner saying that he did not follow procedure. Really? It's been five years? This guy using an illegal chokehold, and you're saying he didn't follow procedures. Okay. All right. 
I see how we want to roll with that one. Let's go to our panel here, of course, Mike Brown, former I'm here. Uh, Shannon Wright, of course, she also is out of Baltimore. Uh, and we have Brooke Thomas. She's a journalist with the Young Turks, joins us via Skype as well. Uh, Brooke, uh, I actually want to start with um, you, Michael. Here's what's amazing here. Okay, five years. Five years this guy um, was um, uh, since he killed Eric Garner. We saw the video. We all saw it. Illegal chokehold. And the, the, the medical examiner ruled it was a homicide. And for the police union to act as if somehow this guy should not be held liable, wasn't indicted by the State Island District Attorney and getting fired now, he wants to sue as well. The only way you stop these cops from this sort of stuff is when they lose their job and lose their pensions. Well, I mean, it was, it's interesting, that statement that the uh, commissioner made, I mean, remember the game Twister? <laughs> you had to put your hand on the red or the green. He was bending himself in so many different pretzels as he read that statement to make sure he protected the integrity of the officer, but then to, well, somebody lost their life, so there has to be a consequence. Um, you know, and, and all of it he didn't resist. How about only if you didn't do a chokehold? Right. How about only if you didn't stop somebody for some allegedly loose cigarettes, which actually, there were no loose cigarettes after we discovered that later as well. And no weapon. So, I mean, you know, how many officers did it take to knock him down? Was it three or right. four? Right, and the only person who's gone to jail is the, is the guy who shot the video. He should have been, fr frankly, fired. Or at minimum, um, he should have been put on administrative without pay. See, that's also how you do a detriment. Right. Without pay, he's not fired yet. But while the investigation goes on, he has to find another job until, uh, until the investigation's over. Shannon, we have seen stories like this repeatedly. Uh, again, at Union, you want to protect, uh, you know, your officers. But what the public also wants is they want these cops to finally wake up and say, yeah, you know what? One of us screwed up. And this whole, this, this whole we call for a vote of no confidence, all things along those lines. And he goes, well, you know, the commissioner. Yes, the commissioner did initially come out and say it was justified because the commissioner was doing what he, what they backing up uh, their people. But then when they saw the video, it was kind of like, um, it's now a little hard to, to play that game. If there's a problem, but when the officers you're calling can be a part of the problem, that's 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 a little difficult for the community to swallow. And the key thing here was illegal chokehold. You know, when 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 folks of color get stopped for something illegal, it's you're, it's illegal, and that's that. You're punished. But we have to be fair and accountable across the board. The illegal part means there has to be consequence. This man died from an illegal move. But they also claim did. it. They try to claim it wasn't illegal chokehold. It was something else. As if we actually didn't well, see, like, our eyes were telling yeah, us see, something totally different. because what had happened was the <laughs> fact that they cut off his air and he was asthmatic made him have an asthma attack. But had the arm not been around his neck in the illegal chokehold, it might not have caused the asthma attack. So you, you, there has to be accountability across the board. Uh, Brooke, uh, it is uh, interesting, again, the fact, finally, a sense of justice for the family of Eric Garner. It has been... Uh, tumultuous for them, of course, not only Eric Garner dying, uh, his daughter uh, suffering a heart attack after she had uh, had a child uh, just a couple, just three weeks ago. Uh, his stepfather walking his daughter down the aisle at her wedding in Jamaica collapses uh, from a heart attack as well. He dies. The funeral was just uh, over the weekend. I mean, you're talking about uh, they have been hanging in there. 
uh, but finally a sense of justice with Pantaleo today being fired. Yeah, finally, I guess this is the best type of justice that we can expect. There really can't be, I think, justice when somebody loses their life. It's horrible just thinking about the toll that this has taken on this entire family. But it's what you can expect when somebody loses their father, their son, their brother. It's absolutely what you can expect. I think what's another side of this that was most important for me is that everyone involved should be focused on the best policing, not protecting this one officer, not, you know, making sure he gets paid. He's been paid by the taxpayers for the past five years. Paid, paid, and, paid and got raises. To everyone and got in, raises. City, in New York City. And got raises. Yes. He's a dangerous person. Yeah. He should not be on the streets of New York. He should not be patrolling the streets of New York. He is dangerous to the people of New York. It, it, he, he should not be a police officer. It's not even, that, that aspect isn't even about about the safety of the people that that department is supposed to be protecting. Um, it is, uh, again, it is, it is amazing when, when you look at uh, what is actually taking place uh, with this case, five years, and, and, and again, Shannon, we, we can go down the line. I mean, case after case after case of officers not, not being held accountable. Mm -hmm. But the other issue is that the administrative judge ruled that Basically, he lied. He lied. And there were other cops involved here who also lied. Every single one of them should lose their job. I, I'm but they're not going to do that. Just the fact that the one that, quote, caused the death is the only one that they're going to look at. Again, they're not going to, they're not going to do all that they can do to make the public feel better because their, their concern is that it erodes... Uh, their ability to do their job, and I get it, but then stop doing things you don't need to be doing. Well, for me, for me, er the eroding your ability to do your job is when you also lie. And, and, and I'm sorry. That goes under the stop if, doing if things I, you shouldn't be doing. If I lied on a police report, mm -hmm. I can get charged. These, these guys can lie, Michael, on a police report and go, ah, you know, that's, you, you, you know, can modify it later. We're trying to make the case. Well, you know, it's the, um, what's it called, the blue code of silence? What's the yeah, blue code? Yeah. And, you know, they and they the umbrella is we're putting our lives on the line every single day protecting these communities. We have to have some backstop to protect us. And if we feel like our life is threatened, if we feel somebody's not complying, we have a right to do what we need to do. No consequence. And and frankly, the way the laws are, there haven't been a lot of consequences at all in courtrooms around this country. Again, he wasn't indicted, Brooke. He, he's now being fired. He's going to sue. Yeah. But we know of other cases where officers at, uh, sued to get their jobs back, and they got it back. Yeah. And also, we know of other officers who have gotten fired and gotten hired down the street, across town, in another town, in another city, in another state. So we don't even know if this is the last of this man being a police officer because he is not behind bars. And there's something that you said, Roland, that I think is very important, is that it is not only a now, I guess, former Officer Daniel Pantaleo. He wasn't the only issue in that moment. There were a crowd of officers who, one, could have stopped this, and two, should have all been focused on de-escalation. This man didn't have a, a, a machete. He didn't have a gun. He didn't have a knife. He didn't have a weapon that he was pointing at them. This was not something that should have been in, in somebody being taken down to the ground, let alone dying. It just wasn't worth it. And these officers in these instances need to focus on one de-escalation. That needs to be important. How often do we see somebody who is not threatening 
and they end up dead or harmed. Do you remember the officer in uh, North Charleston who shot the guy in the back because he was running away? It's so often it's just about uh, making an officer mad. It's about their ego. Their job, what their responsibility is, completely goes out of the window. And then you have this system that is broken and you have other officers either participating or standing by and not stopping it, not doing anything. Everyone should have said, hey, 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 get your arm off of his neck. Stop, stop, stop. It just wasn't that important of an arrest at all. And we end with someone whose life is lost and a bunch of other officers that I don't think are responsible enough to be on the force. Uh, I concur. Well, we'll see what happens with those cops. Again, Pantaleo has announced that he is going to be suing the commissioner to get his job back. And so this case is far from over. Let's uh, this is the 400th commemoration of the first 29 Africans arriving in the United States. The New York Times launches a project called the 1619 Project. Lord, white conservatives are losing their damn mind. They literally say, this is not American history. Ah, it actually is. We'll talk with uh, the woman who is the leader of that particular project. Oh. You, you were very specific in saying you also wanted all black writers. Yes, mostly. Mo okay, so explain that. Well, I thought it was important that we tell our own stories, that if we're going to be talking about this 400th anniversary, part of that story is also the story of uh, our ascendancy, of the 40 million descendants who survived, of um, the fact that so long, I mean, you, you referenced the Freedom Journal, right? Their model was too long of others spoken for us. We wish to plead our own cause. So it was very critical to me that the bulk of the writers in this project were those who descended from those who were enslaved and not just the writers. So um, all of the original art that appears in the project are from black artists. Um, the photographers are black photographers. All of the poets and the short stories and the fiction writers are all black uh, writers. So that to me was um, extremely important that we could not do a project like this and not feature those who this system was built upon. As well, I should add, if you look at the ads in the issue, we also were very, um, I at least was very determined that uh, the org a significant number of the organizations that were advertising in the issue were also going to be represent the interests of black Americans. So we have the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. We have uh, Fund 2, which of course is uh, founded by, uh, foundation founded by a black billionaire. Robert Smith, uh, that, Those right. things were very important to me, right, Robert Smith. So I, I just felt that you could not do this issue um, without centering those very people whom the issue was about. So is and, it- and the, and the great thing about it is it wasn't hard to do, right? So. We didn't struggle to find black photographers and black artists and see, black see writers. That, see we didn't struggle at all. See, that, that, that's the thing right <laughs> there. I, and I, I was going to end it there, but, I, but I'm going to go ahead and pick up on this. That, that's the thing that, that kills me with these folks in media. And I say it all the time. I remember when I was at CNN, when the Don Imus situation happened. Oh, my God. I mean, they, it, it was amazing <laughs> how easy it was to find black people. But literally the week after the IMA stuff was the shooting in Virginia Tech. And it was as if it was 180 degree. Yes, black that's people, right. Black people couldn't talk about gun control. Black folks couldn't talk about gun violence. Uh, none of that sort of stuff. And I'm sitting here going, 
hello, you know we exist, and the reality is the excuses that are offered by white executives in media do not hold water. The reality is there are black photographers and black copy editors and black writers and black essayists and black editors. They're there, and it's amazing. We know who they are, but this whole deal, oh, my goodness, we just, I mean, who's the guy from the Atlantic who was just talking about how hard it is to find, uh, find non-white writers who can write eight to 10,000-word essays? It's like, are you serious? Open your damn eyes. That's right. You got them on staff. <laughs> That's right. So I, I think what this project also shows is if it if you're intentionally looking, you can find it. And it doesn't compromise the quality at all. In fact, I would argue uh, this is some of the best journalism that we have done. And that's what uh, intentional and I won't even call it diversity. I just think is doing our job. Nicole Hannah-Jones, we really appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Thank you for having me. All right, we've got a panel here. This is, uh, Michael, Michael, I'll start with you. I mean, I, I was asked about this, and I said, um, uh, my focus is, is, and this is a particular issue. I said, but my, and my focus is not just going to be for a day or two. I said, the reality is we must unpack this thing over the next year. I said, because first of all, the 400th anniversary, it doesn't just happen on one day. It actually goes until the 401st. Uh, and so I think... It's important for us to lay this thing out and to unpack it so many different layers because it, this really does speak to who we are as a nation. What the, Slavery is what created this nation. America had no economic system. Capitalism did not, slavery created capitalism. It wasn't the Industrial Revolution that allowed America to become the greatest economic superpower. And so to act as if we should not deal with these things, to me, is nonsensical. And, you know, we talk about this um, quite a bit, Roland, is whether it's criminal justice reform, and I think the picture of that is always black and brown people. When you get white folks at the table, then the discussion changes. And these discussions over the next year about the anniversary have to include white folks willingly to be part of the discussion. If they're not part of the discussion, there's going to be still this kind of line that's drawn. That's their problem. Slavery happened a long time ago. It doesn't really matter anymore. We're past it. Martin Luther King, you got a black president. You know, all those things that folks say. But unless you bring white folks to the table to be part of this discussion and talk exactly about your guest just talked about, about how slavery just did not impact, and, and post-slavery didn't just impact black folks, it also impacted white folks. For me, Shannon, I, I don't see this as I need to make white people a part of the discussion. What, what this is is, no, like I said, history and history. What we have been fact taught is, fact. is a fraud. Fact is fact. You know, uh, in Maryland a couple years back when the statues were being taken down and, and, and folks were upset, well, that's a part of history. And why would you want to take down the statues? But see, if that's, if that's the logic, then we're, we're discussing slavery. That, too, was a part of history. So why would you try to erase that? So it, it's got to be fair for the goose and gander. If, if, you, if, you, <laughs> if you're trying to accept one, you've got to accept the other because history is made up of facts. And when you just try and look at one side of facts, you're not getting facts. You're not getting a true representation. But, but even, Brooke, when you talk about what the facts are, the, the issue that we also have here, uh, 
are folks who still are in denial. It, it, we, if you begin to understand where we are today, when you look at education, when you look at as another as a, something happening this weekend in Hampton, Virginia, uh, where they're focused on that, where I mean, black people were killed if we were caught reading. I mean, how basic and fundamental. I, I really don't think white folks today, and let me also be honest, a lot of black people and Latinos and others do not understand the depths to, to which America went to, de to degrade, destroy, and demolish black people in this country. They don't. And you're right. It's about education and the lack of education. And that was, you know, kind of the point. We had this weird relationship with slavery where our, we say, sure, this was bad. This was a bad thing. But all of the other actions surrounding it and how we bring people up and how we educate people and what actually happened in our history, it's so bad. How often, you know, I think like as a black woman who I, I, I think it's fairly educated, I find out something new or something that I wasn't taught in school. Like how I am from Muskogee, Oklahoma, which is right outside of Tulsa, and I didn't learn about the Tulsa race riots in school. It's 20 minutes away up the, you know, the turnpike. I didn't learn about that in school. And also, we still do. We, we have an entire a, a, a mountain in South Dakota dedicated to, you know, there's a big slave owner on the front of it. You know, we don't talk about how George Washington pulled his slaves' teeth so he could have falsies. We don't talk about, as much as we should, about how Thomas Jefferson was a monster an absolute monster, a child rapist, a slave owner, just a monster. We we still celebrate these really horrible people just because they, you know, yes, they did, you know, they are our founding fathers. They were also monsters. And it's like, oh, no, 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 you can't disparage them. And we just, we don't learn about things that we should in school. So it's like, I almost can't even blame the ignorant racists who are so angry at this massive piece of history that they should be happy to learn about because our education system is set up so that they don't believe it. Mm. And again, I, I, but I just, for folks, if you have not uh, seen this discussion on social media, it is amazing to watch all these people freak out because they, yeah. are, because they are challenging the notion of the perfect and pious and pretty America and how it was constructed in such a way where it was the most brilliant form of democracy ever in human uh, human mankind and how it was just how it was just so awesome because they don't want to deal with the reality of what it actually was and is and the fact that we are still today fighting things that we should have gotten at our birthright but then again that couldn't be the case because it was never designed for us to have a birthright in America. It was never designed for us to be born free. It was never designed for us to have a vote. Uh, it was never designed for us to have all the trappings of what it means to be an American because we were property. We were property before there ever was an America. And that is a fact. And so for all y'all white folks who are bothered by it, ain't my problem. Suck it up, deal with it, because guess what? I keep telling y'all, we ain't going anywhere. We've been here 400 years, and the reality is black people, unlike anybody else, 
has done more to force America to be the nation it says it is on paper. Our goal is to make it the nation the way it should be in reality. Got to go to break. We'll be back. Roller Martin Unfiltered. Just a moment. You want to check out Roller Martin Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roland Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roland Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. All right, folks, you've heard me talk a lot about MarijuanaStock.org. Why? Because I want to keep you informed of investment opportunities that make sense. We've all watched the growth of the cannabis industry. A recent report by New Frontier Data estimates the global cannabis market at over $340 billion. We know that marijuana legalization is sweeping across the country state by state. We also know that marijuana has a good cousin, the hemp plant, with a much higher concentration of CBD. That means hemp gives you all of the medical benefits of marijuana without getting you high. Until recently, hemp farming was practically illegal in the United States and heavily regulated by the DEA. However, the 2018 Farm Bill changed all of that, making it legal to grow hemp CBD in the U.S., creating one of the largest commodities worldwide. They need land to grow all of the plants. Folks, this is not rocket science. It's pretty simple, and it's an incredible investment opportunity. And that's where our good friends at 420 Real Estate come in. Their business model is simple. They buy land that supports hemp CBD grow operations and lease it to licensed high-paying tenants. That's right. They are hemp CBD landlords. And you can get in on the action. Our friends at 420 Real Estate decided to do something special for Roland Martin Unfiltered family. Originally, the minimum investment level was 500 bucks. But right now, you can invest in this crowdfunding campaign for as little as $200. That's right. 200 bucks up to $10,000. Remember, this is a $340 billion industry that is still growing. You can participate with as little as $200. To invest, go to MarijuanaStock.org. It's MarijuanaStock.org. Folks, get in the game and do it now. All right, today uh, here in D.C., uh, Steph Stephen Curry of the uh, Golden State Warriors, three-time NBA champ, announced that he is launching uh, a golf program at Howard University. Now, first of all, Howard University for a long time had a golf program, but it was actually dropped. Well, uh, there was a chance encounter with a student earlier this year when uh, St Stephen was on campus, and that led to today's announcement. Roller Martin Unfiltered was there, and this is what took place. I want to also address uh, Mr. Curry. You know, we, we had a very interesting time in our country and our nation's history. There's no doubt about that. There's a lot for us to be cynical about, a lot for us to be disappointed by, especially in terms of the rhetoric. But one of the things that I think we all must make sure that we double down on is investing in the people who invest in us. And one of the things that we have to take pause today amongst everything else that's happening is to realize that Mr. Curry represents what is great about America. If you want to talk about American greatness and you want to talk about what Americans should be doing regardless of their station in life, I think you just need to look at what Mr. Curry has been doing off the court. We're not even talking about on the court. When he brought Emmanuel to Howard, um, it was an emotional night. But his investment, uh, meeting his mom, seeing his family's investment in that project was unbelievable. And then again today, what, there's so many other things that he could be doing today. There's so many other schools that he could be at supporting something like this today. But he chose to be here for a reason. His social activism without political rhetoric speaks volumes to who he is. 
And I hope that in all of the cynicism that we sometimes see and hear every day, we're going to take pause today to recognize that there's a lot to be happy about in this country with people like Stephen Curry around. So, Mr. Curry, I want to thank you for all that you do. The young men and young women who participate in Howard Athletics are some of the brightest people you will meet, people who are out changing the country, changing the world around us. So this investment is clearly that. This is an avenue for students who otherwise wouldn't have an opportunity to attend a Howard University to use the game of golf to participate in that. And for that, I'm also grateful. I'm also grateful that he recognizes the value of that education. It's, it's extremely rewarding to be here. Uh, I know Again, what the game of golf has taught me, obviously I played basketball full-time and have enjoyed that, that part of my, or that career path, but in terms of what golf has, has taught me about the different places it takes you, the things it teaches you about yourself, the people that you get to play with. Um, as you said, it's a family thing for me as well. My dad got me into the game when I was 10 years old, and uh, a high percentage of my rounds have been with him as well. Uh, Bridging that part of you know my relationship with the game into creating this opportunity with Howard to provide scholarships for men and women to play the game, to go to Howard, to invest in their, their education, um, and be a part of this amazing, amazing university that I've, I've heard so many great things about. Um, it's, it's just exciting to, to, to be a part of that, that, that mission, that journey, that process. And you know, as a part of the game, it doesn't just happen because of me um, or Otis. We have a lot of great partners that have helped bring this to, to fruition. Um, to be honest, I, I just, this is an amazing opportunity, an amazing moment just to have um, a lot of the people who are closest to me here to see it um, and, and just, you know, have this, this moment to be here in D.C. and, and kind of have my two worlds, which is, you know, the back home golf side and, and the D.C. Howard side collide and, and um, obviously, with some support <laughs> from, from, from Howard as well, and, 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 and a big time uh, NBA superstar. Uh, it just, it, it's, it's unbelievable. It's awesome, and I just want to thank God because without him, none of this would be possible. In the beginning, we're going to start with three scholarships in told uh, two on the women's side and one on the men's side. But there might be in the first year, we're still working through the uh, particulars of this, there might in the first year be two scholarships based on a uh, separate situation that involves Mr. Ferguson, right? But I can't get into any more details on that. Um, with regard to the endowment, uh, we're going to look, uh, Steph has agreed uh, to work with us in terms of raising the funds for the endowment so that this program can go on in, in, in perpetuity. Uh, that number could be, you know, I'm not going to put a limit on what that number is, but we're looking at somewhere between six to eight million. Well, I, I don't like to talk about any other, anybody else's wallet, but let me just say this. Um, he is putting up enough that we will be able to, in the first year, uh, hire a coach and do the necessary, uh, spend the necessary resources to create, create and develop a team starting in 2021. Uh, he is also putting up enough to pay the operating expenses and the scholarship expenses for that, for that team on both the men's and women's side for the next five years after that. I also asked Steph, uh, is he hopeful that other athletes will see what he is doing uh, and reach back and help HBCUs when it comes to golf or other sports? Yes, I feel like uh, there's no secret how much golf is a passion of mine and again, how much I've learned about the game 
kind of playing basketball, obviously full time, and you know, my free time playing golf. But uh, I hope it encourages people in terms of just being authentic about what they want to do and how they can create opportunities to give back. You don't have to force it. Uh, opportunities can come up, but following you know your passions and what you can really get behind, not only you know your time and effort, but your money as well. Um, everybody's doing it in a lot of different ways, and so. My way is connecting golf with education with opportunity, and that is uh, that's important for me. Uh, and it's certainly an exciting thing for Howard University, uh, and we thank Steph Curry for what he is doing when it comes to their golf team. Going to a break, we'll be back. Roller Martin Unfiltered. Roller Martin Unfiltered, be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real as Roller Martin Unfiltered. Support the Roller Martin Unfiltered daily digital show by going to RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans contributing 50 bucks each for the whole year. You can make this possible. RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. Life Lux Jazz is the experience of a lifetime delivering top-notch music in an upscale destination. The week-long event is held at the Omnia Day Club Los Cabos, which is nestled on the Sea of Cortez in the celebrity playground of Los Cabos, Mexico. The Life Lux Jazz experience offers the ultimate getaway for discerning jazz aficionados by pairing an upscale international destination with luxurious accommodations, fine hot cuisine, top chef libations, breathtaking golf, exhilarating spa, health and wellness options, and much more, while showcasing some of the biggest names in entertainment. The second annual Life Lux Jazz Experience continues to build upon its success and heritage with jazzing around Los Cabos. A celebratory expansion of accomplishing its goal of sharing all of the finest of the destination has to offer, including daytime excursions and many concerts, including the Spirit of Jazz Gospel Brunch and Jazz Sunset Cruise. Confirmed guests, comedian actor Mark Curry, along with Jill Albright, Alex Bunyan, Raul Madan, Incognito, Pieces of a Dream, my man Kirk Whalem, Average White Band, Donnie McClurkin, Shalea, Roy Ayers, Tom Brown, Ronnie Laws, and Ernest Krolls. For more information, visit the website at lifeluxjazz.com. That's lifeluxjazz.com. All right, folks, less than two weeks after a Texas police department apologized after viral photos showing two white cops on horseback leading a handcuffed black man by what appeared to be a rope, the Texas Rangers have announced that there will not be a criminal investigation into the incident. Just shocked. The Galveston Police Department continues to face criticism for the arrest, as they should, Brooke, and it's just, it's actually sort of idiotic. Uh, and, for the, and the cops said, oh, no, we, ne we never thought, like, we never thought it even come to our mind, the image of us on a horseback and a rope tied to a black man walking him down the street. Then you shouldn't be a police officer, because your critical thinking skills are just not where they should be. If, but we know that's not the truth. Do you know what I mean? But either way, these, this just goes back to what we were talking about earlier when we were talking about officer, uh, former officer Pantaleo and his co-workers who kind of stood by and helped or participated or at the very least didn't stop what was happening. This was about a trespassing case. This is not even one of those things where it's like, you know, yeah, you shouldn't have drugged this man, you know, across town with a rope. You should have waited until you could have gotten an appropriate transport. No, maybe you shouldn't have arrested this person. If you didn't have time to wait for a transport, not everything deserves an arrest. It just doesn't. And officers do, they are able to use their own judgment. We know that. We, we see it a lot. We see the disparities in whether someone is arrested or whether someone 
is given a citation or a warning. This was a trespassing charge. This was not, and, and it just goes down to ego. There, there was no reason whatsoever to parade this man around town like that. They, these people are dangerous. These two officers, I just don't think their critical thinking skills at the very least are where a police officers should be. Someone whose your life could be, you know, in, in their, it's in their hands. They, they just should not be officers, let alone the fact that this should be investigated because this was just about embarrassing this right. man. Absolutely. They were mad that they've had to deal with this before and they wanted to embarrass him. They wanted to shame him. Got it. And so they were willing to break protocol, sorry, to do just that. Shannon? So I had asked about this and I looked into it and, and I was told that, well, the officer had the horse and he had the man. So he, he couldn't control both you know, and wait for a car because the, you know, that would just be challenging. So the best scenario was to, since he was on the horse and holding the reins in one hand, to find a way to hold the man in the other. So um, I understand that might be the logic in the story that they're trying to spin. However, it seems to me um, in many jurisdictions when there's an issue, you call for backup. If, if you need a different form of transportation, if this issue right, is I mean, that serious. Right, I mean, two of you on a horse and there's a guy. You call somebody. Or you get off the horse, and you hold the horse's reins in one hand, and you have a man handcuffed, and you, if, if, if it's good enough for him to walk it, I mean, come on. Either wait for a car, or do something. I mean, the, the, they had to understand that the optics of that just would not fly anywhere. As they say, Michael, sounds too much like right. <laughs> well, it's certainly to them. It's certainly to them it did. I mean, it's just, until we see this happening to white folks, this is going to continue. Yep. We've talked about it. Always starts at the top too. That's as long right. as as long as 45 is there, people feel they can do it with no consequence. I was told they did that to to a white person as well. So I asked, well, who, oh. who might that have been? Oh, well, we don't have that. Yes. Yeah. Please let's let's see that photo. See that photo. I, let's see that photo. I, I said, yeah. really? So this is what you do regularly? They said, well, yes. It's not just because he was black. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, so who was that? Yeah, right. Let's talk about it regularly, folks. Uh, Mayor Vi Lyles of Charlotte, North Carolina, along with several other black lawmakers, received the same racist email from an unidentified sender. Here's Vilma Leak, Mecklenburg County Commissioner, reading the contents of one of those emails. We are so tired of your excuses for leadership of our beautiful city and county. Each of you black Democrats should be tarred and feathered and run out of town, meaning Charlotte Mecklenburg, on a rail. Why do you even waste your time? You are a joke. You make no money, but you have a sense of grandeur, an entitlement of your thought process presenting our fair city, representing our fair city. What a joke. Why are you representing us? Furthermore, American blacks and people of color should be focusing more on assimilation instead of isolating themselves. Do you see African English, African French, African Italian, African Russian, African Denmark? I could go on and on. No, you don't. And many of my European friends commit on what a joke African-American is, particularly since none of you speak the Queen's English well. 
Really? She spoke kind of well there. The letters all mailed within days of each other were sent to the offices of Mayor Vi Lyles, six members of the city council, and five members of the county commission. The letter also borrowed recent racist language used by Donald Trump, telling some of his congressional critics to go back to the crime-infested places they originally came from. Oh, everything just stays the same in America. We know how these things are. All right, folks, uh, a couple of headlines here. Uh, for, actually, first off, um, so I was uh, at Howard University today. My niece is a uh, student there, and I happened to, I was there talking to her, uh, and then all of a sudden these uh, women in, uh, dressed in all white walked by, and we were like, hey, what are they doing? Well, they happened to be members of the Alpha chapter of Alpha, Alpha Kappa Alpha, uh, and they had a ceremony. Uh, commemorating the life of Toni Morrison. Toni Morrison, of course, uh, uh, she was a member of AKA, pledged at Howard University, was dean of pledges. Um, there was a bench on the campus that was actually dedicated in her honor. She chose not to have her name placed on it, but and so they actually surrounded that bench. And so uh, I went ahead, of course, always got my phone with me, so I decided to shoot some video and bring this to you. And so uh, these are the AKAs remembering uh, Toni Morrison, who recently passed away. which is one of the programs with the Toni Morrison Society. This is the 25th bench in our 25th year, uh, which was very important. Since we couldn't be the first, we had to be special in some way. <laughs> As you can see, the quote here says, there's no place you or I can go to think about, not even think about, to summon the presence of or recollect the absences of slaves, nothing that reminds us of the ones who made the journey and those who did not make it. There's no suitable memorial or plaque or reeds or wall or park or skyscraper lobby. There's no 300-foot tower. There's no small bench by the road. Morrison made this quote in 1989 before the advent of many museums now. You have the opportunity to go and to think about places where we have had some significance over the years. But when she made this um, statement, she was thinking very specifically about being able to sit somewhere and to think. So this bench was dedicated to Howard University. She was also very clear that she did not want the bench dedicated specifically to her, that she wanted it dedicated to the university, to the university and all that it represented. What she asked and agreed to be on this particular uh, plaque memorial was this bench is placed to commemorate the distinguished history of Howard University as an institution dedicated to the education of African Americans in the United States. And it has some more information about the university that you can read for yourselves. One of the reasons that she agreed to have the bench placed in this particular location was because her fondest memories at Howard were those of being in Alpha Chapter, Dean of Pledges, as a matter of fact, um, and being on the stage at Howard University. She was a Howard player. So between this space, fine arts, which of course is representative of so much of what she does. Her office was in the library, and of course this is Frederick Douglass Hall. So we were very excited to be able to place this bench here in April of 2019. She was not able to attend, but she did send a lovely letter, which is in the provost's newsletter, and which we're happy to share um, with the wider community. So I'll actually read this very short passage 
from the source of self-regard. And because I chose this section called God's Language, I'm actually going to ask, um, as we, just after we close doing the hymn, uh, Sora Yolanda Pierce, who is Dean of the Divinity School, to close with prayer for us after we do the hymn. But this particular essay is called God's Language. Um, she wrote it in thinking about Paradise, uh, the book that she wrote of the same name. Beauty is a delicate, a duplicate rather, of what we already know, intensified, refined, or what we have never known articulated. Beautific, benevolent nature combined with precious metals and jewelry. What it cannot be is beauty beyond imagination. Rest is a de desiredlessness that suggests a special kind of death without dying. Eternity since it avoids the pain of dying again, has probably the greatest appeal. Rest in eternity, Sora Morrison. All right, then. So uh, I'm going to actually uh, stream all of that a little bit later. So uh, and that, that was just a chance encounter, y'all. Seriously, I was talking to my niece and then all of a sudden they walked by. So I was like, well, let's just roll a video. And so uh, as um, tributes continue to come in uh, for the great Tony Morrison, who recently passed away. Uh, all right. I want to thank Brooke for joining us. Uh, Brooke Thomas from Los Angeles. Brooke, thank you so very much. Thanks for having me. Anytime. All right, then, of course, Michael, Shannon, thank you so very much as well. Folks, don't forget, uh, you can follow us at Roller Martin Unfiltered by going to rollermartinunfiltered.com, joining our Bring the Funk fan club. Uh, every dollar you give goes to support this show. Uh, I'm, shockingly, I'm actually in all week. I've been on the road 22 out of the last 26 days, and so uh, glad to be back. And so uh, we look forward to some great conversations uh, this week. Again, support us at rollermartinunfiltered.com. Uh, and we had some issues with our uh, stream. Don't worry about it. We're recording this whole show. We'll be restreaming the show as soon as we get done, uh, always providing opportunity for you to see what we do right here at Roller Martin Unfiltered. And also, the shirt I'm wearing, uh, you see it, of course, State of Black Learning. I was in Pittsburgh on Friday, gave a keynote address there. Uh, and so uh, I, I wanted to wear their shirt. And so on the back of it, uh, so let me show you. So this is the front. So, of course, uh, State of Black Learning. And then on the back is, okay, really, what's that, Mike? Uh, I know freedom is one of them. Love, liberation. liberation. You love, liberation, freedom. And then there's a hashtag. There you go. SBL. Uh, 19, right? 2019. 2019. Right. Hashtag SBL 2019. So if you want to figure out what happened there, uh, that's where. And uh, so I'm like, why am I wearing shorts? Because it's too damn hot in D.C. I wasn't putting on no white pants. That's why I got some shorts on. All right, I got to go. I'll see y'all later. Holla! You want to check out Rollerbart Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roland Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roland Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. Hey everybody, this is Sherry Shepard. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. And while he's doing Unfiltered, I'm practicing the wobble. I am. Because Roland Martin's the one, he will do it backwards, he will do it on the side. He messes everybody up when he gets into the wobble because he doesn't know how to do it, so he does it backwards. And it messes me up every single time. So I'm working on it. I got it. You got Roland Martin.
Hi, my name is Latoya Luckett, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Mac Wiles, and you are watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. What's up, y'all? It's Ryan Destiny, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. What up? Lana Well, and you are watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. You want to support Roland Martin Unfiltered? Be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real as Roland Martin Unfiltered. Support the Roland Martin Unfiltered daily digital show by going to RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans contributing 50 bucks each for the whole year. You can make this possible. RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Hey fam, want to got Roller Martin Unfiltered, the blackest show on all of digital cable and broadcast. Check out our audio podcast. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real as Roller Martin Unfiltered. Press play. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.